and the audience is <laughs> that, wraps, we got it. that wraps that up nicely yeah. happy ending yeah and everybody happy everybody happy <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. Or should I say bonjour? <laughs> yes, we are recording this one in Ottawa, Canada, in the house in which I grew up. Mm-hmm. We are here visiting family. But we are so dedicated to you, Shandies, that in order to recap the Bachelorette finale, we brought much of our equipment with us. That's dedication. I mean, what would the world be without this recap? <laughs> So about this recap, or about this finale, rather, (laughs) should we just take a large sigh together? Uh, I really wanted to like this finale more than I did. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Yeah, I agree with you. And to begin with, I have to just be honest with everyone that I have always hated recapping finales. It's just tough to be really honest. Night one is a lot easier a job. Than the finale, I've learned being a novice. You said last night that you felt this season actually gets tougher to recap, even though there are fewer people to keep track of. Yeah, there's just more to bounce off of when you have like 30 people in the house. Yeah, fair. All right, shall we begin? Yeah. So the episode kicks off with Keisha introducing a refresher of Katie's season because surely we all need it. And honestly, these refreshers always make me laugh because it's basically a montage of one person making out with different people back to back to back. Yeah, totally normal behavior. Totally normal. When you watch the show, it's more spread out. But when you see it all in a montage, you're like, wow, she really kissed a lot of guys. (laughs) Okay, so Katie joins Keisha live or in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. And of course, because the montage ended with her heartbreak with Greg, the focal point here is Greg. They ask her how she was feeling in that moment. She says she felt so defeated and that when Greg left, she felt like she was still recovering from Michael. Which is actually true. I hadn't really thought of that, but it's, right. I'm she, sure she that it was a one-two punch. Yeah, one-two punch for sure. Kind of crazy. Two out of four of her final four left. Yeah, it can make you feel a little insecure. Yeah, which she does touch on. Definitely unprecedented. I don't think we've ever seen that. And she said, you start to question yourself and your worth. I was hoping that that hadn't happened to her, but of course it makes sense that it would. I mean, you'd have to be just invincible to not take yeah. that somewhat personally. And you'd have to worry that possibly the last two guys would leave as well. Or would just stick around out of default, kind of. Or out of sympathy. Ooh, the worst. Mm. Okay, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. Oh, no, no, no. Because I don't think that's what no, happened no. here. No, no, I'm just <laughs> hypothetically speaking, that's all. <laughs> so Caitlin asks Katie if she felt it was her fault that Greg left. Mm. And Katie says that in the moment she did blame herself, And here we start to get an inkling of how Katie feels about the Greg thing in the now. She says, I am literally on my fucking knees begging this man to stay. And he's telling me it's not good enough. And she also says, it was disappointing to see the way I was spoken to when I'm trying to understand and communicate and save our relationship. And to watch him talk down to me and twice walk away from me. That's not a man. Our recap last week was, you know, quite the lightning rod. I was actually shocked that so many people saw it in a different way. I thought we would just be one amongst many fishes in a sea of fading gray. Yeah, it turns out we were one of two podcasts, I think. Yeah, or I'm sure there were two, others. Two but we were told that we were, we were one of, of two. <laughs> there may be many more out we're, there. We're Sorry, as... <laughs> podcast with nine listeners. We, we weren't <laughs> counting you in this equation. Yeah, I'm sure there are others, but we were informed that there was one other podcast. Mm-hmm. 
and I just was floored. I'm floored and Me still I'm floored. And I've gotten like alarming texts from friends about this very topic. I, I often am hyperbolic about my opinions. Yes. Admittedly. Yeah. But sometimes I have doubt. I'm like, you know, I really stressed that opinion extremely hard. Yeah. At, at that gathering the other day. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe I should have gone a little lighter. <laughs> I've never felt more right about something like this in my life. I got to say, I agree. We went into that recording 100% certain. I still feel certain. And I still feel that the people defending Greg are analyzing it from one angle and not from the direction that we're coming from. Well, they're not seeing the whole picture. They're seeing it from one tiny little vantage point. And and I will add this. People keep talking about this whole acting thing. Mm -hmm. And they're saying like, oh, he's a jerk for, you know, acting. Yeah. No, he's a jerk for choosing the role that he played as an actor. Yes. He could have chosen many roles. He could have acted to be a very nice guy who lets a girl down easily or (laughs) goes through with what he says he's going to go through with, you know, but he acted like a jerk. (laughs) Whether he acted like a jerk as himself or as an actor doesn't matter. Yeah, we are getting ahead of ourselves. But yes, here we immediately get the vibe that Katie does not look back on Greg fondly. And I've got to say, the fact that the powers that be did not put Greg and Katie in their hot seat moment here, that really shows where their loyalty lies. And their loyalty is to drama Mm -hmm. and not to a happy ending story. Right. Because this is where Greg should have appeared on the stage with Katie and they could have talked it out because the rest of the episode is just about her and Blake and a little bit of Justin. Right. But instead, they wait till right till after the proposal, the engagement to bring Greg out onto the stage. Talk about taking away from the happy ending. Well, yeah, you've soured the moment. Yes. Like no matter how you look at it, everyone's thinking about Greg, whether they've started focusing on this happy relationship, they're still in the back of their mind thinking, oh, that thing with Greg was messed up. It goes to show that they knew this was going to be a contentious conversation. Yeah. Because if they talked to each Katie and Greg and the vibe was, you know, water under the bridge, all's well that ends well, whatever, you know, we just want to get along. Then you get the feeling they would have just put that here because this is where it belonged. Sure. You're right. So somewhere someone knew, uh, most likely from Katie's side, because she really was the one who came out guns blazing, that this was not going to go smoothly and therefore they teased it throughout the entire episode. At the very, right before the finish line, they were juicing that drama lemon. They were (laughs) squeezing that last drop. They were sticking the fork in and twisting (laughs) it. And that last drop. Yep, yep. There's always another drop to be had, especially when you get the fork involved. That's true. (laughs) You always give up before the last drop, especially on a lime. I don't even, I honestly don't even juice limes anymore. Yeah. Well, we've talked before on this podcast about how we hate juiceless limes. Which is every lime that I've seen (laughs) for the last five years. So this brings us back to New Mexico. And we see Katie lying in bed looking very sad. Mm Mm-hmm. And defeated. And she seems to be laying next to, what was that? A giant stuffed bear? Yeah, neither of us could figure it out. I think it's a pillow, two pillows next to each other that made the illusion of a giant stuffed bear. But you actually think it was a giant stuffed bear. Well, it kind of looks like a a butthole. (laughs) Yeah, it looked like a big brown butthole. Remind me, did you ever play with those things when you were a kid? Like you... (laughs) Um, I think you you should revisit that demonstration it was sort of like balloon material and had water oh, in it I know and you would like yeah. 
it would just go through your hands. Sure, it kind of looked like a big stuffed version of one of those. I have no idea what that's called. No, but no I actually does. just to refresh my memory, I was worried that I forgot that maybe she and Greg had gone on some carnival date and he had won her a stuffed bear or something. That was not what happened. We could have a whole episode analyzing <laughs> the brown possible stuffed bear, but I think we should probably move. Okay, on. okay. You guys, let us know if we are yeah. missing something really obvious. Yeah. So there's a ton of Frankenbiting here. Honestly, too much to to single yeah. out. It, it's not worth even really mentioning. But basically, suffice to say, every bit of voiceover we saw here and B-roll of Katie sipping tea and looking sad, this was extremely stitched together. You can tell that the powers that be were kind of funneling a narrative here of mm-hmm. her picking up the pieces. So back at the house, Keisha arrives to inform Blake and Justin that Greg has left. This is an interesting segment. Yeah, sure was. Caitlin feels the need to tell the guys that Katie is emotionally devastated. I feel like there was possibly a misunderstanding of tone here. On our end or on... On their end. I was, yeah. Caitlin says she's emotionally devastated. She's definitely struggling. I wrote, do the guys need to know this? Yeah. I don't know. I find it weird when everyone acts like all the contestants should be like up on each other's relationships like really up to date and as though they should show sadness right. and regret when they hear that someone left at this point. I mean, at this point, it's not like they're hanging out every day and they're keeping each other company. At this point, it really is about Katie. They yeah. don't need to look so morose I, I, when I, they hear Greg has left. I feel like it's like, you know, when you have like, like choose one of these three doors. Behind one of these doors is a million dollars. Yeah. And there's donkeys behind the other two doors. Donkeys. Or some something that you don't want to take home. Okay. And they're like, oh, but we'll remove one door. And they're like, nice. Now I got a 50-50 shot at a million bucks. Yeah. I feel like it's human nature that both of them are like, if they want to be with Katie, mm-hmm. which I did bring up this point yes. at that moment, if they truly want to be with Katie, both of them should be very psyched. And they have to feign this intense mourning. Oh, at the loss of their At the friend. loss of Greg. It is sort of a funny situation, isn't it? Because yeah. they can't really be like, sweet, it's just one less guy. Like, he was a front right. runner. I feel great. They sort of have to show respect by being like, oh, I'm confused. <laughs> well, you, you said you made a good point where in other past seasons or other episodes where someone's like removing the suitcase or the, the production staff is removing the suitcase yes. and people are like this, they're like, because they're covering a smile. They want to make it look like their eyes are sad, but their mouth can't belie yeah, the fact that they're very happy. Like, I'm so upset that yeah. I have to cover this <laughs> smile, this huge beaming smile. <laughs> yes. In general, Blake and Justin seem sort of confused, serious, overwhelmed. And Andy, you felt like their reactions suggested this whole thing was getting a little too close for comfort. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a cynical way of looking at it. It was. (laughs) In retrospect, it was. And the only other thing worth mentioning here is Justin's magnificent hands. I mean, even I have become enamored. I'm just inserting it here. (laughs) And then before the commercial break, we go back to the live audience where Keisha randomly and in some ways, I think, inappropriately teases Paradise. Yeah, it was a little too soon. Yeah. It almost feels like the powers that be are like, yeah, yeah, we know you don't like this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we promise something better is coming next week. Just stick through yeah, it. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> At this point, the tone was really somber. Oh, totally. And they're like, but this summer. Yeah. <laughs> the audience is like slowly nodding off and just like, Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> Okay, so finally Blake has his overnight date. Uh, I mean, Blake really, 
he really feels like a breath of fresh air after all the Greg stuff. There's just mm. such a simplicity to their being together. And when oh, they, Canada. I mean, I do think that plays a role. Yes. Even their hug. Like he just feels like such a comforting presence. Mm-hmm. And you can see she just almost like crumbles with him. Yes. You know what Blake is? What? Very simply. Blake is a man. Yep. Amongst some boys. I mean, those couple of years makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And the Canadians. And then here they have a sort of paint war. It's like uh, water balloons, but with paint inside. I don't know. I'm sure that has a formal name. I don't know what it is. And Andy, here you remarked that her outfit is actually cute for once, but it's getting destroyed. And we missed the green T-shirt. Finally, that green T-shirt <laughs> had its perfect. moment in the sun. It would have been absolutely perfect. <laughs> And then after paint war, the two of them sit in the hot tub, looking at the mountains on which they rode horses on Mm. their first date. The vistas. The vistas. And Katie says, I have to tell you everything, obviously. And I wrote, Mm. does she? No. (laughs) She reveals the Michael thing. And it struck me as weird that he had to be caught up on even that. But I guess, Mm -hmm. yeah, it feels like a couple of days have gone by and they've stretched that into a a couple of weeks in terms of programming. And she also touches on Greg's departure. She mentions having had strong relationships with the two of them and that she thought about leaving after Greg. And at first, I wasn't really into the fact that she was this honest, but I stand corrected with how things ended up going. Do you have thoughts on this? Put it this way. It's not exactly what you want to hear, mm-hmm. but let's say it's the real world. Yeah. And a girl's like, listen, you know, I was thinking of just not dating anyone for a while after the relationships with these two other guys that I really liked soured and they left me. Yeah. But I've decided, you know what? Why not? <laughs> but do you want to hear that? It did come off a bit like that. Like she was just sticking it through. Right. And you did touch on that. She even said, for me, I want to continue to go through this. And Andy, you said, like a proctology exam. (laughs) I stand by that. (laughs) Definitely the tone was very like, I'm letting you know every single detail and just how much those relationships meant to me. Which at the time I was like, I don't know if that's a if that's really necessary. I can see her wanting to do that from a you're going to watch it on TV anyway, so I want you to hear it from me kind of way. Mm -hmm. But actually, with how everything ended up going, I think that it was the right call because what really touched Katie in terms of Blake and his loyalty to her was that he did stick around knowing how serious those other relationships were. Exactly. And I just want to make an extra point here about the comparison between Greg and Blake. Mm -hmm. She, I believe... Whether it was consciously or subconsciously, was testing Blake. Yeah, I think so. Because if she had said that same thing, if you flip the people, Blake and Greg, if Mm -hmm. she had said that same thing to Greg in that position, I think he would have had a conniption fit and a total temper tantrum. And and Blake, being the man that he is, Mm -hmm. the fine Canadian man, (laughs) took that and said, you know what, I can work through this because I believe in what we have. It really shows confidence confidence confident isn't it amazing how confidence just rears its head yeah its beautiful head yeah in so many unexpected ways especially in relationships like Uh, you could say oh he's supportive he's understanding he's all these things but he's really all of those things because he's confident nothing beats confidence and nothing's worse than insecurity yes and in this case i honestly think that katie knew that blake could take that and she wouldn't have said that 
to Greg. She said it to Blake because she had an open line of communication with an adult. Which really says a lot about their relationship. Yes. So yeah, when I first watched this through, I was like, oh, why is she doing that? But it actually had a nice arc. When she talks to Caitlin later on the sofa, she says, the moment that I knew, you know, she said it's the moment that he stuck by her, even knowing about these other relationships, which of course, would she be looking for that to the same degree had Greg not left in the way he had? It's hard to say, but it definitely felt like Overall, this episode became her really valuing that someone sticking by her, yep. which, of course, is really important. But I don't think it's the only thing that's important. No, I agree. I'd like to think that's a given in a relationship. You'd like to, but it's it's the bachelorette. Yeah. <laughs> Are you telling me to move on? <laughs> we interrupt this program to bring you an important message about you're down there. You're down there. We are, of course, speaking about the Manscaped 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0, which is quite the package. Mm. We have received this package. It's everything. Fishing for a pun here. <laughs> it's everything your balls could possibly want, I feel like. Or your face. <laughs> uh, or your nose. Yeah, or, or the various holes in your in your face, in your head. Or the things that aren't holes. Just, just flat surfaces that have hair on them. So the performance package includes a plethora of grooming tools, mm-hmm. including the famed lawnmower 4.0, famed. the the weed whacker, which is the ear and nose trimmer. You're into that thing. It's good stuff. Crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold his whole solar system. You'll just never have to worry about anything ball related again. <laughs> And you are a big fan of Manscaped's tools. I've said before, I look forward to using them. It has a ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. Cutting edge. Cut- Literally. <laughs> yes. Never any nicks nope. or cuts. And never any of those pair-pulling situations. Ooh, yeah. That, oof. yeah. Should imagine using that down there and ooh, having a I hair-pulling mean, situation. Imagine. I've... Imagine. <laughs> it's happened to me hundreds of times. That sounds horrific. Yeah. But no more with Manscaped. One last thing to think about. Yes. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Shandy at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Shandy at manscaped.com. His space balls will thank you. So in the evening, they head to dinner. And we hear in a voiceover, a very Frankenbitten voiceover, might I add, that Blake is very cautious and worried about telling Katie the L word because he's not sure if she will reciprocate. Mm-hmm. And based on how this ended up playing out, it really lent to my theory that this whole episode really leaned into the fact that Blake had any kind of pause, any kind of worry with the Greg situation. Because he really didn't have much of an issue telling her that he loved her. It actually it was a very moving love profession. It really was. One of the best I've seen. <laughs> Do you rate it highly? Mm-hmm. An excellent, exquisite <laughs> I love you. <laughs> ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.
But first, before he gets to that, I just had to mention this because it's such a contrast to Greg. Blake starts off the conversation with, I've been trying to understand fully where you're coming from. Mm. Imagine that. Can you imagine Greg saying that? Nope. Nope. And I think this might be the flashpoint of the episode. It's early, I know. But Mm -hmm. to me, I'm saying this is flashpoint. He says, I would never tell you I was falling in love with you and then get up and leave. So should we... Are Ready? We officially, this is it. Well, do you agree with me? I agree with you. <laughs> Flashpoint. Because that's literally what Greg did. And, you know, you could make different arguments for Greg and, you know, his attachment style. I know a lot of people are talking about that. But ultimately, he did tell her he loved her, but then left when she did not reciprocate in a way that worked for him. Mm-hmm. And... So, yes, you can talk about his attachment style and justify his actions, even though I really don't think you should be. But ultimately, you cannot deny that in in Greg's case, the L word was conditional. Mm-hmm. It was conditional on how she reciprocated and whether or not she reciprocated in the way he deemed valid. It, the whole point of love is that it isn't conditional, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what Blake would have done if he had said, I love you, and Katie didn't respond? He would have been sad. Or confident enough to be like, I believe in what we share because I trust my instincts and my intuition and my own feelings about this person. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. If Greg really was, had the confidence in his own sense of what they shared, then he could make a decision based on that, which whether that means leaving or staying, but Oh my God, I'm getting ahead of myself. I still get worked up when I talk about this. (laughs) You'd think I'd have cooled down by now. Yeah. It's got a good half life. Yeah. (laughs) So here Blake shares the moment where he realized he loved her and it was when she scored a goal or a point and shouted, go America. And I thought this was so cute. You know what? Actually, confession, I liked Katie more after she said that too. It was extremely (laughs) cute. And actually here during the show, we paused because you said, I know the moment I first realized, well, I'm not going to tell you, you tell, you tell this story. Yeah, I remember it was in the very, very early stages. We were having one of those magical days and you were just giggling and laughing. And at one point, you were just like, Ugh. <laughs> that was a terrible burp, but you get the point. You burped. Yeah, I giggled and giggled so hard that I burped. And yes. then I giggled over having burped. Yes. And I, I was absolutely irreversibly in love with you at that moment. Oh. That was it. It's so like, funny. It's not the moment you would expect. No, but it was the moment I always remember. It sealed it. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. Unexpected little cute moments Mm -hmm. might be the moment where someone realizes they love you. And Blake says here, I just said to myself, fuck, I love her. Mm -hmm. And then he apologizes. (laughs) So Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) This made me laugh because I'm totally one of those people. I'm one of those people that apologizes when I shouldn't apologize. But I think this really takes the cake. And then Katie breaks the L word seal by telling Blake that she also loves him. Wait. What seal is that? Is that a Ziploc? It's No, it's like a medical bag that has one of those seals. If you don't take it off, once you take it off, you know it's been tampered with. I'm going with like a pickle jar. Like, Oh, that works too. But I think that's a little more satisfying. It's not tamper resistant though. I feel like this is like a really like, okay, this was not allowed to be opened and now it's being opened. <laughs> I got goosebumps when she did this because based on all the buildup leading to this moment and mm-hmm. how dead set she was on never saying it and the fact that we never really got a preview to this happening and it was so from the heart 
I was just very moved by this I also mutual was moved. love profession. I felt some movement. You even said, Andy, that's the first time I've ever been touched watching this show. I, I, I don't know if that's con- true. I confess. No, I was. I got a little little chills and I felt a little welling of emotion. I think what I was most moved by is the fact that you could tell neither of them use the L word remotely lightly. No. I don't know. It was just very, well, it felt it, very it, climactic. It felt also very real. Like no one was acting. Yes. There was no acting. There was no like, oh, I should say this, but it'll look better. It was actually real. And that's why it touched on emotions. Yep. And here we got the fantasy suite card. And I thought it was interesting how Keisha happens to have the exact same handwriting as Chris Harrison. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are they going to do when that person moves on? That Whoever's doing all the day cards and we'll just fantasy get like suite a forgery cards. expert. <laughs> then they go into their fantasy suite. They're making out. They're on the bed. It's real, real like bow, chicka, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. And then Andy, you said, when does the camera guy leave? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Is it sort of like, okay, guys, can you just do a thing like you're about to have sex and then <laughs> then you could go back to your business and then I'll leave? Or it is, is it like there's a point where Blake or Katie's like, okay, we're going to get naked now. You should probably go. First, there's the dessert. There's always the dessert first. They right. always arrive first and there is dessert mm-hmm. and champagne. Mm-hmm. And so she's the feeding The most him sensual ch- course of a three-course meal. Dessert? Yeah. No, appetizers are not sexy. And entrees certainly aren't sexy. I mean, yeah, desserts are kind of... It's interesting that desserts are the only food that even can be contemplated as sexy. That's true. Why is that? Don't know. They're sweet. Love is sweet. I don't know. I guess also if you're going to kiss, you can kind of eat chocolate cake and kiss. Yeah, but kiss... I don't know if you want to like eat roast chicken and kiss. Yes. K- kissing <laughs> I think that sav- might be why. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> kissing savory is not nearly as good as kissing sweet. I think we got to the bottom of this one. I'm glad. <laughs> I never knew that before. But it's true. So they sat down and feeding each other dessert. And then it's like, okay, now go to the bed and make out a lot. At what You're right. At what point does the camera person leave? I, I wish I had made staged. it that far enough to tell you. But I, know. I don't know. Uh, Sorry, you I failed you. You I failed, failed on this fantasy suite. <laughs> but I think that's how it goes down. They're like, okay, guys, um, you've had enough dessert. Just act like you're about to have sex. And then we'll leave. And then you can go back to having the sex that we spoke of. So you think it's... Per, they have like camera makeout and then after the cameras leave a hundred percent because it's so awkward if like you really are you really going to be in the moment to do that when there's a whole crew there unless you're a porn star in which case you're used to it you're like yeah this is how i do it so i think that they do a staged makeout on the bed passionate you know pre-sex and then they kick out the camera people and they probably have another conversation and then allow it to progress <laughs> Naturally. I love how much you've thought about I've this. thought a lot about this. <laughs> so the next morning, they seem hopelessly in love. Mm-hmm. They're eating breakfast in bed. You can tell a lot about how much love there is by the morning kiss. Oh, you think so? Yeah. If it's a, a passionate morning kiss is a very telling. Oh, because you, uh, I assume because you have not wanted to kiss some women in the morning. I, I don't <laughs> want to reveal my personal <laughs> life, but all I can say is that I have a feeling that if you're not feeling good about the person, you don't want to have a passionate kiss in the morning. I have a feeling you have revealed how you feel about this. I have a feeling that you have a feeling that I might not agree with feeling-wise. Katie says that the whole date was perfect. And then she has a girl chat with Caitlin. And she reveals that she was, in fact, super nervous to tell Blake everything because she had wanted to be brutally honest. And the fact that he still wanted to stick with her She reveals that was the moment she knew. So in the end, she was right. She was right to tell him everything. 
And she knew that by telling him everything, even if it wasn't great, she would get the information in his response. I think for me, I kind of wish that's what it was more focused on is that she got the information that he wouldn't leave, but not that she knew he was the one by his not leaving. Because I do, again, feel that not leaving should be kind of a given. Yeah. But I'm just splitting hairs. I realize that. I realize that she loves a whole lot more about Blake than the fact that he just didn't leave. Right. But that was the critical moment. And I agree. Yeah. That is what she advertised as being the moment she knew. I give it to her. Oh, you are. Okay. I'll give it to her. Okay. Yeah. I'm splitting hairs. But you know me. I can't help myself. That's good. And she calls that day the best day of her life. I kind of maybe believe her. I mean, yeah, I guess it's that's really lovely. Who who am I to not believe her? (laughs) Okay, so now we see Justin getting ready. He's primping with those beautiful hands. Justin, is it's just a nose behind the leader. It's going to be a photo finish. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? I got to say. And down the stretch they come. Justin, by a nose. Oh, no, it's Blake. Oh, no, it's just. Oh, wait a minute. Blake's ahead by 75 lengths. I don't know how that happened. This happened quickly. Yeah, poor Justin. But he is so handsome. And it turns out that your mom loves Justin. Won't stop talking about how much she likes Justin. And like, it's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> also, she only started watching because we recap, which is cute. That's such a parent thing to do. And yeah, it's very cute. My mom is super cute about The Bachelorette. She she doesn't like it, but she talks about it endlessly, <laughs> which means she likes it. And she loves Justin especially. And and I've I've unfortunately... Just because it's like not thinking of pink elephants, I've now imagined romantic interludes with Justin and my mother. <laughs> Why do you? I can't help it. It's just that it, I was thinking about it, how much she likes him, and suddenly I imagine them, you know, doing, I don't know. Is it's, that where the ma- the male mind goes? No, I didn't want it to go there. You think I wanted it to go there? It yeah, happened. But, it's an accident. <laughs> but I can think that and not think it. Yeah, I couldn't stop it. It just was like a runaway train and it happened. But it wasn't it wasn't like they it wasn't extreme. It was just very, very PG at best PG. (laughs) This must be exhausting to live with that kind of mind. I think I have much bigger worries than imagining my mom having romantic interludes with handsome young men. PG romantic interludes. PG at at worst. (laughs) So Justin has a B-roll where he's walking towards his date. And I decided that he has resting incredulous face. He has mm-hmm. riff. Yes, he does. Because he's heading towards what he thinks is going to be a great overnight date. And he's still like. All I can say is I never want to be across the poker table from Justin. So he arrives to his date and Katie immediately says, can we talk? And here we laughed at how there was just no buildup leading up to this. None. You know, usually there's more of this like dramatic music. And in this case, it just felt like la 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 la. Goodbye. The audience for this show is often, I think, gullible for production stunts. Mm -hmm. And I think that they knew they had hit their limit here. There was no way they were going to somehow massage Justin into being a contender. And actually, based on what we hear later when Justin's in the hot seat, where he and Katie reveal that there was a lot of their relationship that did not make the cut. I almost feel the powers that be purposely wrote off Justin just to give themselves less work. With editing. It was almost like, oh, we know this doesn't go anywhere. Right. We he, have too many other people to think about. He was like Jason in Friday the 13th. You're like, he's dead. Nope, he's coming back. And they're just like, they, they never planned for that. <laughs> There's a sweet moment where he says, I hope you know how special you are and what you bring to the table. And she says, that means more to me than I think you'll ever know. And it, mm-hmm. it really did hit home given 
you know, her struggles with self-worth, especially in light of two of her final four leaving. And overall, Justin makes this pretty easy on her. Yeah. He seems a little upset, but he's also honestly so guarded that it's tough to tell. You never know. Yeah. And then we are back in the now and Justin is in the hot seat. And Justin is kind of emotional here, but I didn't want to sound heartless, but I found this segment a bit patronizing. Tasha says, we just watched your heart-wrenching breakup with Katie. And we were like, was it that heart-wrenching? Mm. There is no foundation built with their relationship in order for this to be heart-wrenching. Agreed. And Tasha asks, does part of you wonder if you would still be there had Greg not left? <laughs> what? And then she says, do you feel like Katie gave you a fair shot? And he mm. reveals he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, is this even worth discussing? No. Katie joins Justin on the hot seat and he starts crying. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, sh- I was shocked by this. I was too. There was obviously a lot more to this relationship than we got to see. And I can see how in his position he'd be frustrated. Because otherwise it makes him look kind of like a dope for falling for her so easily with with so little. But really there was a lot more under this iceberg We were not given anything. Yeah. He expresses having watched it back that he felt like he was there by default. And she assures him that he wasn't. (laughs) What are you, crazy? (laughs) And she says, there's so many unseen moments that we shared. I do like how they acknowledge this. It helps us understand that he isn't a dope. (laughs) Yes. And... He says his own parents have seen a clear difference in him since the show. And mm, I thought that was nice. nice yeah. And then the best part of this whole thing is a montage of Justin's facial expressions. That was the best part I thought of the episode, personally. <laughs> he gives good expression. He does. Okay, moving on. I mean, that was nice and all. We like Justin, nothing against Justin, but the whole thing was, like I said, a little patronizing. Yes. It's kind of like, okay, let's get to the good stuff. Okay, so now Blake meets Katie's family, Katie's mom and oh, her aunt Lindsay. Boy. Her mom asks Blake where he lives, what his career looks like, and Africa comes up. Mm-hmm. The continent. Yes, the <laughs> continent. And the focus is clearly on the complicated logistics of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And Aunt Lindsay says in an ITM, oh, sweet Aunt Lindsay says. Oh, yeah, such a doll. <laughs> I don't think they realize the logistics of their situation. They're in different countries at this point, different jobs and different careers. And I wrote... Girl, it can work. Yeah. Because I was on a different continent. Yeah. When we met. And every time you went to sing opera, it was about five weeks we spent apart. Well, yeah, that too. She later on talks about, you know, if he's gone for a month, that's a long time. It's not. (sighs) Gone for a year is a long time. We struggled with this because I really wanted to like Katie's family. And I'm sure we were shown just the highlights of all their least flattering moments. Can I tell you something? I did not struggle with whether or not I liked Katie's family. <laughs> there was no struggle. Yeah, they were not super likable. And I, I understand the strong woman narrative. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need a man. Totally get it. I was raised in a household, too, where my mom was like, never, you never want to be reliant on a man. Never feel like you need a man. And so I get it. But I think that there's a difference between encouraging women to be self-sufficient and reliant Mm -hmm. and confident and independent and for them to be able to stand on their own two feet and all the things hear me roar. But there's a difference between that and sounding just really angry. Yeah. Really angry and jaded. Yeah. Aunt Lizzie to me was irredeemable. Like that was just (laughs) like I I give... I'm sure that I'm not the only one who thinks this, obviously, but I give Blake a lot of credit for keeping his cool. But if I was in his shoes, I would have lost it in a way that would have 
made me and Katie probably not happen. <laughs> so you felt Aunt Lindsay was relationship snuffing level bad. Put it this way. If I met Katie's family and it consisted of two people, I give her mother some credit. Her mother redeemed herself. To yeah, her degree. mother was nice. But yeah. if, if it was two people and one, 50% of it was Aunt Lizzie, or is it Aunt Lindsay? Lindsay. Aunt, and 50% of it was Aunt Lindsay. I would say that I, as a human, could not tolerate a lifetime of Aunt Lizzie. <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. I, I thought it was Aunt Lizzie yeah. up until just now. <laughs> but either way, it doesn't matter. She's someone that I, as a human, could not envision dealing with for the rest of my life. Yeah, I know what you mean. She was just so contrarian. It was impossible to answer her questions correctly. Yes. And Blake was just trying so hard. He's just trying to get along. He did such a good job. And I, and I have to say, just after I had that one of the things that I love about you and that is so delightful is I look forward to spending time with your family. Here we are. And, yep, and uh, <laughs> proof, proof is in the yes, pudding. Yeah. And the moment I met them, I was like, thank God. It's like, thank you. Breath, yeah. like sigh of relief. Yeah. And I cannot express to you how difficult it is to be with a family that is not pleasant. Pleasant. Or at least trying to be pleasant. It, I felt like Aunt Lindsay was trying to be unpleasant. But like I said, that doesn't come across as strong to no. me. She Comes just, across as insecure. Yes. She came across as very angry and a little damaged, like bad things had happened where she was like to men everywhere. She was showing it, showing her colors. Everyone could see what was going on. There. Yeah. That was not coming from a place of strength. That was coming from a place of weakness. Yes. If you are so strong, you don't need to constantly talk about how strong you are. Show, don't tell. And I also found her really patronizing because if your niece is so strong and independent a woman, then don't you think that she's considered all the things you're questioning? Well, that's the thing that I didn't like is that they were questioning essentially Katie's, Katie's judgment. judgment. Yes. And who knows? Maybe producers are like, make sure you air all your grievances. Like, I understand that there are always the puppeteers in the wings. So I'm sure that they saw the kind of person Aunt Lindsay was and she was willing and they were like, yeah, make sure you ask that. I'm sure that some of that was going on. Yeah. But in this talk with Blake, wow, she was rough. He says he and Katie are the same, and she makes a remark about the vibrator. She doesn't that let him was, finish. She's like, oh, you also have a vibrator? First of all, first of all let's get something straight. That wasn't funny. No, In none any of what she said way, was funny. Nothing was funny. She thought that was funny. Yeah. That was not funny. No one thought that was funny. There was not one <laughs> chuckle in all of America well, when except she from said herself. That. She chuckled, yeah. She chuckled and America cringed. Yes. And he expressed wanting approval and she said sarcastically, cute. I don't know how, it's maybe the Canadian-ness in him. I would have, I would have just been <laughs> like, thank you very much. This is <laughs> over. Bye-bye. She said, you ultimately mean nothing and you'd better be secure as fuck to be in this family because at the end of the day, you're here because we want you here, not because we need you here. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Again, if you are so strong, you are so independent, you are so not needing of a man, just show that. You mm, don't need to lots explain of telling, it to lot someone of telling. you just met. Yeah. So Katie chats with her mom and the emphasis is clearly on we don't put ourselves in a position where we have to rely on a male. If we invite you in, you are so lucky. There's a real common theme in this family. Yes. And then back in that chat with Blake, Aunt Lindsay has heard saying marriage is a lot and it's not all it's cracked up to be. I got to say, 
we've been married for a little while now. I think marriage is pretty fun. It's all it's cracked up to be. It is. It's better than it's cracked up to yeah. be if you find it's the right more person. Than it's cracked up to be. It's great. Yeah, we love and being I married. I was very, very tentative and and fearful of marriage, <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't be happier. Same. I didn't know if I ever wanted to get married. I wasn't one hundred percent sure. It's about all that. it's cracked up to be if you choose right. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's not cracked well if you choose wrong or we, it's cracked. we love being married we think it's the best the best and even to get into the country we got asked twice for a marriage license and we were all just like yeah. here's our marriage license like, it's so funny <laughs> it's proudly displaying yeah so I aunt think- lizzie's and Liz, i'm just calling her aunt lizzie <laughs> okay. I've, that's who she is to me all right she is uh she is wrong I guess she's not wrong with whatever experience she's had she, because it sounds like she has some experience. Well, she's projecting her experience onto Blake. Yes. And here Blake is trying so hard. He's so great. He tries to oh, relate amazing. by saying he lived it because he watched his own parents' relationship and she cuts him off to say it's not the same. Watching a train wreck is not the same as being in that train wreck. Now, obviously that's true and yeah. we love a good analogy here at Dear Shandy. Mm-hmm. But with all due respect, if you are the child in that situation, Situation, you are not merely a spectator to Absolutely that train wreck. She, she's minimizing an incredibly traumatic experience. Yes, she's just contrarian. There is nothing you can say Everything. that she's not going to disagree you with. You say, what do you have for lunch? Tuna sandwich. I don't like tuna. <laughs> Why do you like tuna? Yeah, what's wrong with you? You know that tuna has a lot of mercury, right? Yeah. What do you have for lunch? I had salmon. Well, salmon's a fish too. Yeah, but it's different. <laughs> comes from a river. There's no mercury there. You're an animal. So Aunt Lindsay asks what Blake's plan is for when things get rough. And he says that they've made promises to each other to always fight for their relationship. And she replies, yeah, that's not how it works. And she laughs. She loves to laugh at the least funny things ever. And Lizzie. And she says, like, cute, but ultimately that's not how anything works. And I wrote, she sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I almost think she was trying to suck. Like she thought that would be funny or something. But I think that's actually who she is. Either she's an amazing actress at being someone who sucks. And also willing to project a very bad personality to 10 million people, which is a bold acting choice. And again, I'm sure she would think that it just shows her strength. No. So in her chat with Katie, Aunt Lindsay makes a big deal out of Blake potentially going to Africa. And you know what I found interesting about this? Instead of focusing on any, first of all, they didn't focus on any positives. No. So instead of being like, wow, that's so fascinating. That's such amazing work you're doing. thank you. Oh, yeah. wow. What do you do so that takes what? you so to Africa for a, for a month. month at a time? A month. Maybe that was discussed and just not shown. I'm really uh, hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, maybe. <laughs> we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but very light benefit. She says that a month for him to be gone is a huge amount of time. In what Once world? again, I'm going to say Aunt Lindsay. It can work. I think we should have Aunt Lindsay on uh, Dear Shandy. <laughs> I don't know if Aunt Lindsay's going to want to come on Dear Shandy after this segment. I, I, you're probably right, but maybe she'll want to redeem herself. Aunt Lindsay, if you'd like to come on Dear Shandy, you're welcome. Not sure what we'll talk about, but I think it'll help. What will it help with? Everything. With her image. Yes, image. <laughs> I just found that their questions seemed so logistics and negativity driven. Mm-hmm. All the focus was on what would go wrong. And again, it could just be the edit. It could be the edit. Could be. They could have just taken all the negative and unflattering snippets. I honestly think if that truly was an edit, that family may have a lawsuit against ABC. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a libel lawsuit in the future. <laughs> it was that bad. To be honest with you, I think it's possible they edited it to make it seem less bad. Ooh. Is that mm, really? 
Do they really want families to look bad? Is well, that their goal? I think that this was leaned into because, okay, let me, I'll just skip ahead. Blake wins over Katie's mom. Overall, Blake seems overwhelmed. And then we get back to the live segment and Tasha says, and of course she's reading off the teleprompter, Katie's family may have ruined everything. <laughs> so you think that might have been an angle? I think this was at least partially an edit. They weren't making them look better. Let's imagine be honest. if Aunt Lindsay was absolutely lovely. <laughs> And they just literally cut out every single thing that wasn't horrible. Yeah. Uh, isn't it funny that I laughed that hard at you suggesting Aunt Lindsay was lovely? <laughs> I mean, it's laughable. You'd have to be a masterful editor. You'd have to get like Oscar level. Suffice to say, the show leaned in to Aunt Lindsay's awfulness. Yes. But then gave a moment of redemption to Katie's mom, which yes. she deserved. And yeah. she did She did eventually become fully human. Yeah. <laughs> which is nice to see. All right. So now it's the final date. And Blake and Katie are outside on a blustery evening in New Mexico. <laughs> and they meet Felicia, an energy healer. And here they put their insecurities on paper. <laughs> and Andy, you wrote Aunt Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Throw her in the fire. <laughs> and in New Mexico, there's a tradition where everyone gathers for the burning of Zozobra. It's pretty creepy. Reminded I googled me of this. The, it's the, a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, yeah it reminded yeah. me of The Wicker Man. I don't know if uh, probably a bunch of people have seen that. Very, I don't know that. very upsetting movie. Oh, dear. Where they burn a similar thing at the end, except the difference is there's a there's a person. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Spoiler. And in the remake, it's Nicolas Cage. And by the way, for those who haven't seen the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man, go see the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. Why is it amazing? It's terrible in the best way I've ever seen. I have a thing for Nicolas Cage movies. I mean, they some of them are so bad that they're good. Oh, most of them are so bad that they're good. The Nicolas Cage performance of Wicker Man should have gotten an Oscar. There should be some category for what he did, but it doesn't exist yet. I really like the one where they steal the Constitution. Yeah, that was. <laughs> was it the Constitution they stole? Yeah, it was. They stole the Constitution to find some treasure. I don't know. That's like every <laughs> Nicolas Cage movie for the last few years. It's some version of that. I mean, we turned that on on a whim. There was nothing else on, and I got so into it. <laughs> I, I never, ever start watching a Nicolas Cage movie, no matter how bad it is. And it's usually kind of bad without finishing it. Yeah. I can't. Once I'm like, oh, crap, there's a Nicolas Cage. But now I have two hours of my life is gone. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Can you guess what movie was his first role ever? You'll never guess. <laughs> I'm just going to go with I'll never guess. So just tell me. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What was under he? the name Nicholas Coppola because he is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. He played just like sort of a hanger on guy you see in like two scenes. That's so bold for your last name to be Coppola. And you and you're like, no, 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 I'm going to make it on my own. You are so right. That is confidence to wow. get back to confidence. He's like, I don't want to be associated with the, one of the greatest <laughs> film directors of all time. Yeah. I want to be my own thing. Yeah. It's oh. such an iconic name. I think it's fair to say that we both have a great affinity for Nicholas Cage. <laughs> And now we can move on. I don't know if this is something we should be proud or embarrassed. No, no, no. You should about. be proud. Be okay. proud. Okay. So it turns out the burning of Zozobra is mm -hmm. a thing in New Mexico. No. And people write down their fears and insecurities and negative thoughts or emotions to no. leave them behind in the flames. Mm -hmm. And Blake here, there. I guess they have to read them to each other. I don't know if that normally happens. Yeah, I feel like it would have been better if they just threw it in Yeah, there. I feel like this is sort of like telling everyone what you wished for when you blow out your birthday candles. Yeah, or like the, the wishbone. You break the wishbone, yeah, yeah, you're no, like, oh, I wish for this. <laughs> 
So Blake reveals he has typically sought adventure and change and that he's been afraid of commitment for fear of wanting to change afterwards. Mm -hmm. And he says Katie's changed that for him. I loved this honesty. Yeah. This is not really flattering, but it's totally true. And I think a lot of people who are afraid of commitment either don't realize this is why or they don't want to admit that that's why. Mm-hmm. And Katie's list. Wow. This this got to me. Mm-hmm. I You saw me. I almost you cried. Up. Yeah. Katie said she listed the fear of abandonment, the fear of being unaccepted, the fear that I'm not pretty enough. Mm fear that I'm not good enough. I fear being alone. I fear heartbreak. I fear losing you. Uh, I mean, I feel like Katie's season started with this tone of just like being a strong, powerful woman. But it really goes to show this, this episode goes to show that you cannot have strength without vulnerability. She was stripped down. Yes. And then showed her strength. In her ability to rise up from that. Yes. Katie like really went like she started up here for uh, for us. Yeah, yeah. And for probably a lot of people. She's here. And then, you know, she hit her low around the Thomas point. <laughs> and now she's right back higher than I think I started. Because at first I was just like, oh, she's cool. Yes. And she's fun. And she's woke. Yeah, she's woke. She's all a the, strong woman. All the blah, stuff. Blah, yeah. but, but now it's more, it's gotten deeper. It has that. more color to yeah. it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And here's what's funny is I think the people who are team Greg, which is still just beyond me, uh, I feel like they probably feel Katie ended on this low. Mm-hmm. Which we will get to. I, I'm not saying Katie executed everything perfectly in this finale. I'm certainly not saying that. But I do think that she found her strength yeah. throughout this entire season in a way that I think is a little unexpected. I agree. Anyway, they watched Zozobra burn and Andy, mm-hmm. you said, that's a lot of CO2. <laughs> okay, so now it's proposal day and Blake is looking at rings. And the person showing him the rings is Taisha. And I just thought it was a funny choice considering they were making out less than a year ago. He seems super stressed out during ring picking. As he should be having met the woman who he's going to spend the rest of his life with like a month and a half before that. (laughs) He gets up to leave and it felt like, man, the powers that be are milking this. There are voiceovers about how he can't get clarity. His head is scrambled eggs. And the music stops for him to say, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Again, this is a voiceover. It was not seen coming out of his mouth. I just always want to mention that. Did he say this in its entirety or about this? You know what? Who knows? Look, everyone feels nervous about proposing to someone, no matter what the situation is. You yeah. have some doubts, everybody. But I think production has to do their job. And they did their job. Yeah. Like I even felt like, oh, maybe he does have doubts. Yeah, you know, yeah. Whatever. They have to do that. And that's what this whole episode was, really. Yeah. It's a soap opera. Remember, this is a soap yeah. opera. And a soap opera, you don't want just a long, happy ending. <laughs> no no one watches soap operas for Or that. just a long, happy season. Oh, no. Someone needs no. to cheat on someone. Oh, someone God. needs to betray yeah. someone. That's like Disney. You watch like a Bambi for that. Oh, actually, Bambi, Bambi actually really has horrible scenes. That was a terrible <laughs> example. It's Bob Square Pants Bob. Um, Sponge. Wait, what's his name? SpongeBob. SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes. All right. SquarePants Bob. (laughs) That is actually a good name. That was on the same level as Honeybee. Yeah. For anyone who missed that episode, Andy thought Bumble was called Honeybee. For a brief moment. I will link out that episode. And during this whole segment, they make it seem like Katie is en route to the proposal site in her gown while Blake is pacing back and forth debating whether or not to propose. Mm. I somehow doubt that this was filmed like this in this order. It happened exactly exactly at the the same same time. time. And Taisha says to Blake here, 
she comes up to him to give him a, a talking to. She says she wants to get engaged. If you're not ready for that, and if it's something you're still struggling with deciding to do, then you need to let her go. Uh, mm. I get that, you know, Tasha is the hostess with the mostest hostess, mm-hmm. as we discussed. Yes. But is that the only alternative? No, that's Either it. propose or, or leave. Or leave. <laughs> Never to be seen again. The whole thing just felt like a little unnecessarily high just stress. Let it, just let it happen. We already know what's going to happen. Just okay, let okay, it okay. Happen. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. So here, <laughs> you just want to get to the end. <laughs> You're like, stop being upset about every little thing. <laughs> There's too much to be upset about. We only have one day. <laughs> so, Andy, you thought Katie's dress reminded you of Nori. Yeah. I wanted to take it and I wanted to wrap rice and fish. <laughs> And then eat it. And Katie says, I would 1000% say yes to Blake if he proposed. And Andy, you said that's a lot of percent. It's so much percent. Although, to be fair, I accept 1000% sooner than I accept 110%. Was 110% you actually seem like you're saying I could go 10% more than 100? 1000% you're being hyperbolic. You're just exaggerating for the sake of it. So 1000% works for me better than 110%. Just okay. wanted to make that known. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Still wrong, though. You can't <laughs> go above 100. Just want to make that clear. Got it. Got it. Very, very big stickler about that. I thought you wanted to move on. <laughs> well, these are important things that need to be discussed. Okay. You were going off on a tangent. You're right. I was. Okay. So Blake arrives to the proposal site and Keisha talks to him. He seems very nervous and anxious. Mm-hmm. Again, I do feel like a lot of this was built up. It's amazing the power of music. When you put ominous music to someone looking stressed out, it looks like they're going to leave any second. And a lot of credit goes to the editors of the show. Not enough oh, credit give- goes to the music people. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good. I was going to say, we have given credit to the powers that be, to the people behind the scenes making antlers, yes. to, <laughs> to the editors. And now music people, mm-hmm. we see you. Good yeah. job. There should be a reality TV Oscars just for reality TV. Maybe then The Bachelor would finally win something. Yeah, they need recognition. (laughs) So at the proposal site, Katie tells Blake, you showed up exactly when you were meant to show up. And she says he's caring and supportive and confident and passionate. I wrote yay specificity. Mm -hmm. And that in a world of change, she wants to be his constant. And I I thought this was a nice callback to his desiring change. And Blake, he takes a long time. And he says that since day one, it's been a connection and understanding that seemed too good to be true, but he knew. And he touches on how they don't even need words to communicate at all. I thought that was sweet. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but I can't give you what you came here for. Dot, dot. I mean, I dot. was actually <laughs> fooled for a second by that. I didn't understand that all was going on. I don't, they must coach them to do this kind of thing. They have to. Because it happens every single proposal. That didn't even make any sense. No, it didn't. Because he says, because you deserve a lot more than that. You deserve the world. And I'm I'm excited to support you and be there for you every day moving forward. So he can give her what she came there for. Made no sense. They just threw in a can't that (laughs) was totally out of place. (laughs) It's not fair. It's true. We thought he chose the best ring. Definitely. Not that we're biased or anything. No. For a good round cut. Mm Mm-hmm. And Keisha comes up and toasts them kind of inexplicably. Look, I think Keisha has been great this season. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly successful, I would say. But I maintain a little what I said, uh, I think, or what we said, episodes one and two, where we felt that there was a bit of a star power issue. Mm. 
like they kind of affect the they star take power. take away from the lead. Yeah, yeah, and I really felt that in this moment that, you know, they're kissing, they're newly engaged, and then Keisha's up there like cracking jokes. I don't know about you, but right after we got engaged, we weren't really interested in toasting with people we weren't that close with. I agree. But maybe, again, splitting hairs. I'm splitting being really hairs. nitpicky today. Uh, this is what this is about. It is, okay. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. So the couple rides off into the sunset on horses, another callback. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Congratulations to the happy couple. Are we okay? Are we applauding their happiness? A quiet applause. Okay. So seeing how they ended up so happy, I do maintain that the edit was very heavy-handed in this episode. Mm -hmm. I don't think Blake was as unsure as he was made to seem. I agree. And I also question if Katie's Aunt Lindsay was as horrible as she was made to seem. The jury will remain out. (laughs) You guys let us know if Andy is in the right on that one. And now we get to what I think is a really unfortunate part of this finale, and that is the sit-down with Greg. And I maintain, I hate that the powers that be left this till the end of the episode. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Because this was a reasonably nice ending. She ended up with a guy who she seems to love, and they seem happy. Let's wish them the best. And right before they get to come out together for the very end of this episode, she has a sit-down with Greg, which just feels like old news and Honestly, just really toxic. I felt that it was tone deaf. It was tone deaf. And it really, like I said, it shows the power, the powers that be's loyalty, the powers that be's loyalty, the loyalty belonging to the powers that be. No, the powers that be's loyalty is right. Wow. Yeah. The powers that be is the thing. And then it's possessive. So it's just you're right. The powers that be's loyalty is in drama. They didn't care about how happy this happy ending seemed, I think. Mm hmm. Because they would have put Greg's segment at the beginning of the episode where it belonged. So Greg arrives and Caitlin asks how he's been doing. And he says with a big smile, I'm good. Just been in New Jersey laying low. Mm. And Caitlin says, I realize it must be strange sitting here after watching Katie get engaged. And he's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) I feel like he went into this a lot more jolly. I think he was either misled. His expectations were way higher than the outcome. Yes. Caitlin says, for you, things kind of went down really quickly. I swear you can tell Caitlin does not like him. Oh, yeah. She's on Team Katie. I mean, she's Uh you can tell she and Katie have bonded throughout all this. And I just thought this was funny. Like, things went downhill really quickly. Because Mm -hmm. they did go downhill really quickly. Like... On a dime, actually. Oh, yeah. He says he has no regrets. Everything happens for a reason and makes you stronger. And she found her person and he's happy for her. Okay. He says he's grateful for her and that she showed him another side to himself and she brought him happiness he didn't know he was missing. That's nice. Yeah. It does feel like Greg is going into this ready to just patch things up. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it? Yeah. So, okay. Katie arrives. This is where I really, I wish Katie had handled this very differently. Because yeah. we want, we, we like Katie. We think Katie's in the right with the Greg thing. But she walks right past Greg and it feels very tense from the get-go. And immediately she starts railing into him. She accuses him of never having been ready for an engagement. 
And she feels that watching it back, she realized she did give him plenty of validation, which I do Mm -hmm. think is true. And she said, for that hometown to go as perfectly as it did until the very end and for you to do a 180, I feel like you were looking for the perfect opportunity to escape because you were never ready for an engagement. I don't think she's wrong. She's right about everything she said. It's the way it was delivered. Yes, I completely agree. I think that it could be even subconscious. I don't even know if he's conscious of the fact that he wasn't ready for an engagement and was looking for an out. But I do think, and I'm not saying he's one of these people, but I think there are a lot of people like that out there in the dating pool. Absolutely. People who claim to be ready, claim to be looking, and then the minute something doesn't work in the way they want, they Mm, they they leave. for the hills. And and yeah, and not so gracious a way. So I think she's right about this, but yes, I feel, I really wish that the tone had been read a bit better by her instead of her just sort of going in attack mode, Mm -hmm. even though I get that she was really angry and wanted to speak her mind. And I, I'm torn because I understand that she wants to defend herself. She wants to be strong. And I feel like it was probably really painful for her to watch that back. Her on the ground crying, especially again, knowing Aunt Lindsay and her mom. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So Greg is kind of speechless. And the only thing he manages is, I'm so confused as to why you would think that. Mm. This bugged me. Mm -hmm. She just listed the reasons. Mm -hmm. If you disagree, you can say why you disagree, but don't make her feel like the weird one for feeling the way she does. I'm confused as to why you would think that. Tell her why you disagree, but don't put it on her. This this is what he does. And this, again, is the definition of gaslighting for those who who claim that this wasn't gaslighting. I'm so confused as to why you would think that. It sounds innocent, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It makes you think, wait a minute, maybe he's right. Yes. I'm I'm confused. What did I do? Why would you think that? Hmm. Mm Mm-mm. So Katie then accuses him of acting. And I got to say, Keisha's reactions here were priceless. (laughs) Caitlin asks Katie to explain, and Katie reveals that she's heard Greg is an actual actor, Mm -hmm. or has studied acting at least, Mm -hmm. and that he's not this shy guy he appears to be, but he's actually a, quote, confident, cocky boy from Jersey who knows he's hot shit, and this is an act. Okay, so we've had people in the comments for weeks now say that they think Greg is an actor. The Do you want to discuss whether, I mean, I think people are going to want to know whether or not we think that he's an actor. Well, apparently he is an actor because he's studying acting and everyone who's studying acting (laughs) is an actor, right? Automatically, very successful and talented. Absolutely. Making a living. So look, do I think I'm 60, 40 against him being an actor. So he's six, like having acted his role. No, no, no. I, yeah, we we all we've agreed that he is an actor yeah, in yes, life. Yes, clearly. Yes. But um, I think it's a sixty percent chance that the acting was this was not an act. And yeah. Forty percent acting. That's what I. That's where I land. But but again, I repeat, it doesn't matter if he was acting or not because he chose to play a villain, and in doing so, he was playing games with a woman's emotions in a very vulnerable position. Yes. It was wrong. Yes, I agree. I'm torn. I don't feel like Greg was acting any more than, say, Katie acts with people she knows she's sending home. And let's be honest, aren't you always acting to some degree in these situations? Yeah. And I think lots of leads are kind of actors. Yeah. I feel like everyone is acting to some extent. Everyone wants to be liked. Mm -hmm. I hate to say this. Because again, in Katie versus Greg specifically, we are generally team Katie, but Mm -hmm. she went about a lot of this wrong. I think this was another example of her heating the rumor mill. 
too yeah. too much. And look, it could be totally true. It could be that he is this trained actor and went on there gunning to get a lot of Instagram followers, maybe aiming to be Bachelor and all the things. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant because at this point, Katie's kind of cried wolf when it comes to this. She mm. always heeds the rumors. Right. And if this were the first time that she heard rumors and believed them to be true, then I'd be like, oh, wow. But because she did that with four guys on her season, Cody, Carl, Thomas, and Hunter, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean the same. I'm sorry. No, it doesn't. it doesn't. Even though, again, it could be totally true. It doesn't matter. So Katie calls Greg a liar. Mm -hmm. She says, the way you treated me, the way you said you were so in love with me, I filled a hole in your heart. And in the small second, things got awkward for you or uncomfortable. You ran. You're a liar. You did not love me. And if you think that's love, you don't know what love is. Okay, this is all true. We're going to put a pin in that, though. Mm -hmm. And then Greg says, that's not the truth at all. Honestly, the way you were speaking to me in that moment, it didn't feel like you were on the same level with me and where we were at. And Katie defends herself by saying she had three relationships going on and she was doing her best to navigate dating multiple men she was falling for. And she said, that's how this works mm -hmm. with a lot of attitude. Mm -hmm. And she's right. So I have a few issues with this. So she calls him a liar. I think she's totally right. I don't think that if you love someone that the second things go wrong, you leave. You just don't. Right. Like I said, it's not conditional. It's not love. It's not love. You can think it's love, but it's not. Again, that's why I'm torn on whether or not I should go as hard on Greg as I want to, because I'm not sure a lot of this is conscious. No, Greg just did Greg. Yeah. And that's that's an issue I have with a lot of people who are like really getting defensive of Greg. You can gaslight people and not intend to gaslight them. I mm -hmm. think a lot of people, that's just their arguing style. This is his gear. Yeah, I have some friends. And in fact, I encountered a text from a friend over this exact debacle that gaslit me. <laughs> you got gaslit about gaslighting? I got gaslit over feeling like he was gaslighting her. You got gaslit lit. <laughs> and it was really upsetting, honestly, to, to feel like the, my perspective couldn't possibly be valid. Mm. And I think, I get it. People are like, oh, the word gaslit gets thrown around too easily. You Yes, I think that's also true. But that doesn't mean that when it's actually happening that it's not being used right. right. And there are, there are definitely, there's, there's varying shades of gaslighting. There's like sort of mildly benign gaslighting yes. and there's extremely evil gaslighting. Yes. And this is definitely, you know, it's somewhere in the spectrum. Yes, but I think what's there. alarming is that it's happening the first time there's any conflict in a relationship. What's that going to look like five, ten years into the relationship? Deal breaker, instant deal breaker. And here's the thing, Greg, I get where he's coming from. He felt like Katie didn't meet her there. But what he's missing is this is about the execution. If you felt she wasn't there at that same level as you, then just leave. Mm -hmm. I think Katie was right by saying that she had three relationships going on. She was doing her best to d navigate these multiple relationships. That's how this works. Again, the, the tone of that's how this works. I feel like you can make your point without coming across so condescending. Mm -hmm. Like she was like, that's how this works. It's just like, Let's try to like meet in the middle somewhere. It actually felt like in this conversation, Greg was trying to come a little bit into a, a sort of middle territory and she was so angry. She was incensed, really. It's a tough position she's in, you know? It's like we feel her anger. Yeah. And we know she's angry and she's right to be angry. And the things she's saying are all pretty much right. Yeah. But I feel like the best revenge is 
is happiness. As you said. Yes. When we watched this, I was like, oh, I just wish she just rose above this a bit more, even though I understand she wanted to right this wrong, which I get. Trust me. Okay. So here Greg says, I'm sorry, honestly, if you feel I was talking down to you. Not not a real apology. No, if you yeah, yeah. feel. It's not, I'm sorry for talking down to you. I'm sorry if you feel like I was talking yeah, down to you. The best. And she interrupts him here by saying gaslighting is the better word. Mm-hmm. And he says that he was passionate in that moment and she interrupts passion. That's what you want to call that. Maybe rude. You don't want to apologize for what you saw, the way you spoke to me. You think that's okay. That's how you speak to your potentially future wife. That's how you resolve a disagreement. Mm-hmm. Again, I do think she's right about everything. Everything she's saying is right. It's just the, it's the aggression that gets me. I really feel that less is sometimes more with this stuff. Well, the tone contradicts the place she's in right now. She just got engaged to the man of her dreams. She should be on cloud nine and she's kind of wallowing in the mud with this guy instead of just showing how happy she is and pointing out the things he did wrong and smiling and moving on. Yes. And look. I feel a little conflicted about even coming at Katie at all. I may have done the exact yes, same thing I Katie know, did. Same. Maybe even worse. Yeah. So I'm not faulting her. I totally get it. And everything she said was right. I just think in that moment, it was a good opportunity for her to take the high, high road. Yes. Show how happy she was and show how little she cared about this small man yeah. who caused her harm. Yeah. So then Caitlin interrupts Katie here and says that gaslighting is a strong term and asks Katie to define it. And she does define it and says, you came at me as though I had done something so horrible that you had to leave. Mm-hmm. True. This is all stuff we said last week. Yep. You could have just been a man and had a normal conversation instead of being so rude and dramatic and leaving without saying goodbye. I mean, she's right. Uh-huh. That, but that was the issue is I wish that she had hovered on the real issue more. And that was that he could have just communicated to her what bothered her and just left in a respectful way in and not in a way that had her on the floor begging for forgiveness and him treating her really alarmingly. Really, It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to watch. It really was. You never in any fight, I'm going on the record saying this, in any romantic relationship, should should a fight escalate to the point where one of you is on the floor begging for forgiveness in tears? And if you are, then one of you must have cheated like so hard, like something horrible must have yeah. happened. Not a mere miscommunication. No. So Greg says, I'm sorry you feel like that. I'm sorry the way things ended between us. It was a tough environment to be in. And Katie says, it was tough for me. It was tough for everybody. And this is where she started to lose me a bit. And that's because Greg... In his way, I'm not saying he was saying the right apology or taking full responsibility, but he was at least being like, I was not myself or I was not at my best. And she just continues to harp. Mm -hmm. And she says the hometown was perfect. And I had just and had I just kissed you goodnight and then left, that wouldn't have happened. And so for you to hold on to that one moment and use it as your escape, it just feels shady. I don't think she's wrong about this. I do think it was shady, but I also wonder how aware of that he even is. That's the thing. And that's the argument people made about the gaslighting is that that was just his conflict style. Yes. But his conflict style is literally gaslighting. So whether he knows he's doing it or not is irrelevant. I think you're right. And I think it's subtle. And I think that's why it was as triggering as it was for so many viewers. Mm -hmm. Because people watch it's, you know, a huge percentage of people watching this show sided with Greg. 
a disturbing number, yeah, honestly. Still don't get it. And I don't know whether they've just not been re- in relationships like that, or maybe it's their style. And mm-hmm. it says something that the yeah. person who gaslit me via text, who will go unnamed, mm. I think that is their fighting style. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to emphasize that you can gaslight without intending to gaslight. A hundred percent. So Greg retorts that it wasn't just that one moment. So now it wasn't just that one moment. No. Even though earlier in the same sit down, he says that it was. There are many moments. It, there were other moments. But I have to mention that the other moments he mentioned were after the big moment. Yep. They were related to her calling him a front runner. And her saying that he was getting a rose, these things that made it seem like this a competition. This was all one moment. You can't break down a moment yes. into many moments. Yes. It's a moment. These were her just trying to explain herself. Yeah. And I, I guess she didn't explain herself properly. And so he uh, chalks those up to being other moments. No, show me a moment before hometown. Yes, <laughs> thank you. But at the same time, I'm torn because she doesn't stop coming at him so that you. I do feel like he felt the need to defend himself and retaliate. And that's where I think Katie went into this a bit wrong, because when you go at someone that hard, you can see Greg getting defensive now. And he starts turning things back. It's a normal human reaction. It is. But especially he's on live TV. I mean, well ostensibly live television. You're not going to just sit there and take the whole thing. Yeah. So there's a commercial. And when we come back, Greg claims that he gave Katie his full self and he didn't know he was going to fall in love with her. And he says, I got scared. You were just playing the bachelorette role with me instead of being Katie. You know, when you told me you made a promise to yourself that you would only say I love you to one person at the end, I respect that. But what that also did, I feel like, was withhold some emotions and being able to vocalize how you truly felt in moments. Just as you wanted somebody to be certain about you, I wanted that on my end. Okay, so he's taking a different tack here, Mm -hmm. and it's smart. Mm -hmm. This is a smart tack. He's aiming for the equality argument and not addressing the gaslighting and the departure. And I think, in general, it's the way he left that's the issue. It's not why. Right. So I want to clarify that because a lot of people are like, how can you whatever defend Katie? It's the way he left. It's not the fact that he left. If mm-hmm. he wasn't getting what he needed from Katie, that's fine. It still would have been very abrupt. But but nevertheless, it was the method of leaving yes. rather than the, 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 the reason. Yes. And here he's smart. If I mean, if he wants to come off looking good. Yeah. He's smart. He's not taking responsibility for how he left. No. He's talking about why he left still. He's right. still putting on her for not vocalizing, which is, to me, who cares? It's all water yeah. under the bridge at this point. The problem is, is she gave him an opening to look good. Yes. And in the end, the fact that Greg got a fairly hearty applause break was not great. Yeah, she got plenty of applause here, but he he did say something, which we will get to, that garnered a, a quite a bit of applause. And I think that that's her mistake. It's she's She isn't thinking two steps ahead enough in this argument. You can prove someone wrong, w- by not coming at them so aggressively, it does not endear people to you, especially when there's an audience. Yeah. I think she could have made her point in a more diplomatic way. Yeah, I agree. So Katie says, if you really loved me, that moment wouldn't have pushed you away. And he says, I don't think that's fair to say we had plenty of talks and there were plenty of moments for you if you did think I was the one to say something to me. <sighs> Here's the thing. This is one of those cases where they're both right. Everyone is right in this case. Like, Mm -hmm. he's right. She could have told him. But also, we're not focusing on the issue, which is how he left. Mm -hmm. If you are not getting what you need, just leave. Don't make her feel like a horrible person for playing the role 
that she is literally there and being paid to play. Not to mention there isn't enough investment in time or just life for him to build to that kind of reaction. Yes. It's different if they were living together for three years and had kids. It's like, okay, then there's some real weight there. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't enough for him to come at her like that. Yeah. No matter what the situation. Yes. And so she responds, the second I tell someone they're the one, that's when my journey ends. My journey wasn't over. And he says, I wasn't asking you to end your journey. And I shouldn't have asked the woman that I'm possibly going to marry how they feel. You should be able to want to tell me that I shouldn't have to ask for that. Again, he's he's smart. He's taking a different tack. But again, they were glossing over the issue here. It's not the fact that he left or that it wasn't meant to be with the two of them. It's what he did on the way out. Yes. And she says, but I told you week after week after week. And the audience applauds here. But again, she's playing into his hand here mm-hmm. instead of really hovering, like I said, on how he left. How? And now he goes even further in this direction. And to me, this was interesting because it really gets to the crux of the issue with this show in general, the structure of this show. He says, a relationship is a two-way street. And yes, I know you're the bachelorette, but still, that doesn't put you any higher in this relationship and me any lower. Okay. Obviously, he's correct. Mm -hmm. And I've been talking for years in my recaps about power dynamics and how I hate how unequal things seem. But what he just said touches on two things. The first is that innate power imbalance and how this show in this setting, one person is indeed higher than the other. One person is in in power in this setting. Yeah. One person's handing out actual roses Mm -hmm. and and letting other people go, sending other people home. It's not equal. And that we have to get that out of the way because he's right. Of course, you want any relationship to feel equal. But what he's doing here is he's hating the player and not the game when he should be hating the game that Mm -hmm. he willingly signed up for. Yep. He signed up to be a player in a game and the player he was playing is someone who is on the lower rung. Yeah. He was playing chess and he wanted to move his knight like all the way across the board in one move. (laughs) Don't do that. Go in an L shape. (laughs) And the second thing is He doesn't ever put himself in her shoes. If she did say he was the one, he is forcing her to quite literally publicly fake it with everyone else. Think about that for a second. Everything is filmed. He is telling her, she was like giving him eyes. And like you said, she should have, you maybe could have written it on his chest. What more could she have done while still respecting the fact that she has to go through this process? It's not all about him. He is so wrapped up in himself. And I really feel like him leaving the way he did and how he plays it here too, he he likes to play victim. We were seeing hints of this all the way back to like shortly after he got the first impression rose. I think Greg really felt like, or the actor, I don't know which one we're talking about, probably Greg, really felt like once he got the first impression rose, he's like, okay, we should just leave this show and go date now. Mm -hmm. Like it's over. Like if you do anything with any other guy after this, it's kind of betraying this initial love we have. Which a lot of first impression rose and first date recipients do kind of have that. Understood, that's human nature. Yeah. But he took it a little too far. He goes into that victim territory here. I emptied my heart out to you and all I got was a pat on the back. That's simply not true. You can totally make the argument that Katie did not give him enough. She didn't give him what he needed. A lot of people felt Katie was robotic in this moment. Okay. But to say that it was just a pat on the bat, 
It's ridiculous. She wiped his tears away. She looked at him with affection. And then he does this. He does his whisper guilt trip thing, which he did last week. He goes, I just wanted something real at the end of the day. He loves to play victim. And he said, let's face the facts. If it was me, you would have stopped me. Okay. Sure. But this is such an immature way of looking at this. Like, this is the way I thought when I was 21, when I was in a relationship and when we got in a fight, I ran away and mm-hmm. was like, if my boyfriend doesn't follow me and come get me, he doesn't love oh, me. That's just unacceptable. That that statement is unacceptable, especially not to you know talk about the female male dynamic, but a woman chasing a man to who's leaving her on the floor. Please. Y- what yeah. is this? 1952? Like, <laughs> like film noir. Come on. Give me a break. <laughs> Again, he is not taking responsibility for the way in which he left. He is still focusing on the why. It's not about the why anymore. That's old news. We know it wasn't going to work out with the two of you. We know that he needed something more from her and she didn't give it to him right. She's literally engaged to someone else at this point. That's not what this is about. It's about how he treated her when he left. And she's not in the right either. She's coming at this from this high and mighty place as though she really was going to pick him. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't. Well, that's the crux of the issue here. <laughs> yes, they're all wrong. They're all wrong here. Yeah, or they're all right. Everyone's wrong. They're all right and they're and all wrong. right, but they're right at the wrong times. Katie says, I had three relationships going on and you keep saying you're playing the role as Bachelorette, but I am the Bachelorette and there are relationships that are farming. And so, yeah, you're right. I didn't leave for you. My person was not Greg. And when he left, so did everything I felt so, for him. So this is a cognitive dissonance here. So she wanted to be with Greg and she loved him deeply, but now she's engaged to another guy who she was dating at the same time. That's the thing. I feel what Katie should have focused on solely in this conversation mm-hmm. was what she led with and that she she kind of got off track because he led it off track. Yeah. And that is how he behaved as a human to another human on his way out. Mm -hmm. It's not about them not working out as a couple. Greg here says, I wish you nothing but the best. And Katie very tersely responds. It's like it hurts her to say this. I wish you nothing but the best. And the audience is... (laughs) We got it. That wraps that up nicely. (laughs) Happy ending. Yeah. Everybody happy. Everybody happy. (laughs) And here's the thing. I thought this was kind of funny that it ended like this, but it was also... It felt like such a sweet relief, even though it wasn't really that sincere. It's no. just that this was such an uncomfortable conversation to watch. just walk. wanted it to be over. Yeah. And move on to the thing that we should be celebrating, but now the tone is somber. Yes, exactly. And awkward. So overall, I felt this was really uncomfortable to mm-hmm. watch. We both did. And look, I appreciate Katie's perspective, and I think overall she's in the right about key things yeah but i really felt her execution of this lacked finesse agreed considering a she ultimately is engaged to someone else so in that way greg is right absolutely and b he didn't come at her first in this conversation she came out guns blazing she fired that first shot i feel like a less is more and more water under the bridge approach would have been a more tactful way to have approached this whole conversation. And and again, we're not hating on Katie at all no. for this. This was a very human reaction. I totally could have done the same exact thing myself, maybe even worse. So it's just an unfortunate thing that she had an opportunity to take the high road and win as opposed to sort of get in the mud and get dirty. Well, and I think win isn't even right to say because 
Or at I least come she, off, at least come off better. Yeah. I think that she was in the right about what she went in there angry about. And I think that was just the point she had to make. Mm-hmm. And the rest was like, I wish you all the best. But yeah. instead, she ended up getting down in the mud with him on the ins and outs of if you had given me this and if you had given me that. When she was seconds away from sitting on the couch with her like, now one true love, yes. who she's now engaged to. Yes. Yeah. The holier than thou position of, of her now is different. Had she actually left the show mm-hmm. and not picked anyone because she was going to pick Greg, right, then, then this whole conversation <laughs> means a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Anyway, so we think that they're both right and both wrong here. Yeah. He's right that he didn't get what she needed from him. He was right that she wasn't going to pick him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still not 100% sure about who that. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But who are we to tell her what she was going to do in that moment? We mm-hmm. don't know. But again, more attention needed to be paid to how he left. The style of leaving. The style of leaving, mm-hmm. which was, in in our opinion... A zero dis- on a scale of <laughs> one to ten. It was disturbing. Mm-hmm. I've been in a relationship like that, and you're like, am I crazy? Basically, if you start to question if you're crazy, if you're the one doing everything wrong, if you are solely single-handedly responsible for things going awry and you didn't do that much wrong, you know, yes, you could argue people overuse the word gaslighting, but I, I think it's more common than people think. It doesn't always look the way people think it looks. Absolutely. Ugh, okay, got worked up. <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> so it's just honestly, this episode was just so... I just find the Greg thing really frustrating. Yeah. I'm just flabbergasted at the amount of defense for someone who behaved in the way he did when clearly the point we are making is not about what she gave to him in that moment. Nothing, I want to say this on the record, nothing she did or said or didn't give him or didn't say justifies him talking to her the way he did when he left. Yes. He wouldn't look her in the eye. He made it all about everything she had done wrong. And then he, again, with that sick sardonic whisper that he does, you were the love of my life. He is just hurting her. Mm-hmm. I maintain everything we said last week. Mm-hmm. And it's beyond me how anyone could not see that that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about what Katie did or didn't give him. I just want to get, make that clear. Oh, my God. Okay. So Blake arrives. <laughs> oh. Katie really lights up when he arrives and it's very sweet. This segment felt really edited. I'm just going to insert a clip here. We see Katie's earring is sideways for a while and then it's straight and then it's sideways again. I think mm. it was really edited out of order, but I think overall the tone was probably similar. Tasha asks what was up with Blake hesitating so much and he says the magnitude really hit him and that he was taking it seriously. And Katie says she thinks that's a good thing. And I actually agree. If someone just hops into that too eager, it feels performative. Absolutely. It feels like you're just getting engaged because you're getting the free ring and it looks good. <laughs> Which is a good reason, right? <laughs> and finally, Katie says, he fought to be here for me and chose to stay even when I told him to his face that I considered leaving. He was confident enough to hold both of us till the end. I wrote, this gives me major Desiree and Chris Siegfried vibes. To me, that's the feeling of confidence that Katie had, born from the confidence he showed. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with Des and Chris, honestly. It just has very similar vibes. And actually, overall, as a season, and especially in this finale, I had vibes of uh, Claire and Dale. Because even though Katie was technically the one in power, 
the way the edit was shown shifted the power over to the guy and made it all about the bachelorette wondering whether or not he would reciprocate and propose and feel the same way. Mm. And I always hate that because it's finally the season where the woman's in control and you can't even let her have control to the end. But mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess they have to have tension. I get it. I get it. It's TV. And then Katie thanks Tasha for introducing her to Blake. <laughs> Because Tasha, it was really Tasha who did that single-handedly. It's a good you're welcome opportunity. <laughs> and she thanks Caitlin as well. I thought this was sweet. And then Blake arranges for men in the audience to hold up boomboxes while playing their song. Do you remember the name of the artist? I don't know the name of the artist. Oh, no. Max? No, it was before Max. Before Max. Blaine? Lane? Lane? Brady? No. Lane Hardy. Lane Hardy. I got it, right? <laughs> yeah. That was it. It's because she said it in that voiceover. <laughs> That's right. It's stuck in my it, head. I, I had zero. No, I'm never going to listen to Lane Hardy again. But I I remembered Lane Hardy. You That's how good advertising is. is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Why would I remember Lane Hardy? You, you wouldn't. But it was said several times. <laughs> and my brain was like, remember Lane Hardy. One day we'll come back. <laughs> And here, here we are. It came back. And here we are. I'm All not listening to Lane Hardy, but I'm remembering Lane Hardy. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with Lane Hardy. Music. Are, we, are we also promoting Lane Hardy? No. <laughs> so I'm allowed to say I'm indifferent to Lane Hardy. Okay, Andy, I think you have a confession to make now. I should probably. To the Shandies. Look, look at the Shandies and apologize. <laughs> well, sorry, guys. I was very wrapped up in this episode and I forgot to uh, keep track of the word count. <laughs> So although the word decision might have been uttered many times in this episode, we didn't realize until it was almost over that Andy completely forgot about it. Mm -hmm. And it just it seems fitting, actually, that our final episode would end like this because yeah. it, it shows that we are human <laughs> and right. we're making this up as we go. Yes. Symbolic. <laughs> so there is no word watch winner. Luckily, we don't have any actual prizes. I swear on on all that is Shandy. That I will never forget the word count again. I don't know if you should promise that. Never. <laughs> Ever. Andy, how do you feel of overall about your first beginning to end Bachelorette season? I'm surprised I made it through so unscathed. Wasn't that bad. You got kind of into it. I confess. Two times in this episode, I got chills. Chills? Chills. Wow. Me. So you can see how it's addictive. Yes. Or do you think partway through the season, you could have just walked away and not looked back? Oh, I mean, clearly I could have done that. <laughs> you wouldn't have been torn about what happened? Not like on my deathbed, like I should have watched the second <laughs> half of the Bachelorette season. No, I could have walked away. Yeah. And not had huge regrets, but I would have chosen not to. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. saying something. Mm hmm. So overall, she has ended up with Blake. Last week, we predicted it was impossible she could be engaged to someone else based on how upset she was about Greg leaving. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel a little torn. I want Katie to be happy. I really do. But for me, I, the vibe of her coming together with Blake seemed a little too focused on the fact that he stuck by her and not as much on the, the little intricacies of why they work, even though I think they possess those intricacies. I want to make mm -hmm. that clear. Mm -hmm. It's just that the edit... For, you know, for many reasons, or maybe this they just didn't verbalize it, didn't focus enough on that for me. But nonetheless, we wish the happy couple congratulations. Yeah. I and, really hope it works out. And I actually, I always say this to you at the end of a season. I make an over-under. <laughs> Every season that you don't actually watch. That's correct. The over-under was a year, I decided. Okay. And we both went with the over. Yeah. 
Oh, I absolutely. I think that they stand a chance. I, I do really too. do. I do too. Yeah. And people can call us naive. I, I give them a seal of long-term approval as long as they can work their way around Aunt Lindsay. <laughs> and who are we to nitpick how or why they work? I believe in them and we wish them all the best. Well, I think then that's a wrap for our first ever Dear Shandy recap season. <sighs> we did it. <laughs> if you guys liked what you heard this season, really the best way you can show your support for us and keep us in this business is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram, tell your friends, and leave iTunes ratings and reviews, and generally do things you would do to help a podcast grow. Because if we see the podcast growing by us doing these recaps, then we will feel inspired to continue to recap. And on that note, I think that's a wrap. The end of an amazing journey. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.